2: Two weeks in a row? Amazing. Three Uh, weeks in a row.
1: Three weeks weeks in in a
2: row. Well, hey, you know, it's been a long...
1: Do not undersell us. (laughs)
2: Um, Hey, I've been sick for the last couple days. Don't blame me. Um, (laughs) But this is Podcast versus Everyone, episode 170. With me, as always, is Jeff Neusser. And tonight, we have one of our favorite guests. I want to say our favorite recurring guest. Kind yeah. of our only recurring guest is, <laughs> is at this point Dep- WSU assistant basketball coach, John Andershek.
0: Welcome Woo! back, John. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what an introduction. I'm I'm honored to be your favorite recurring guest. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's only one place to go better than that. And, and that's just to be a co-host of you guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah,
1: well, you know what? May- maybe, maybe that's a although... little <laughs> You're a pretty busy guy. You're a pretty busy guy traveling around the world, recruiting, all the stuff that you do. I'm not sure if podcasting weekly is uh, is in the cards for you.
0: Hey, no, I, it's not in the cards because I wouldn't be as good at it as you guys are. That's <laughs> that's the real reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this show sucks. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't that's know not
0: true. Not true.
2: All right,
0: well, maybe. <laughs> Great.
2: Well, um it's awesome to have you, John. Uh and uh Obviously, um, we brought you on to talk about spring or, I mean, fall camp football. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and, and you, know, you know, what do you think of the offensive line and, and all that. But uh, so, yeah, what are you thinking there? I'm just kidding. I'm just you kidding. know what?
0: Hey, hey, if Coach Dickert's watching uh, or listening, I should say I'm ready. Whatever I can do to help the team. <laughs> I, I played about 15 years ago and, and I was a really bad player. <laughs> and i played fullback and i'm ready you know whatever you need we'll be in coach just
1: decided <laughs> basketball coaching was was a much better use of your brain
0: uh, well, yeah. i hope so we'll see what's a full <laughs> there wasn't a career in football i absolutely what's know a fullback is that is that was that, that position still exists yeah, or, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, well it didn't it didn't exist for uh coach leach <laughs> i'll tell you that but uh it's I, I think you're in charge of absorbing pain. That would be the best way I'd describe <laughs> the position. You just, yeah, yeah. you, you yeah, put yeah. out fires, that's you accurate. run into people. That's, that's about it.
1: That's accurate.
2: Great, John. Well, um, I guess, you know, we could just hop right into some questions if that's okay. Is that okay with you? Unless you want to talk about, you know, yeah, no hanging out with lemurs or something. But, you know, otherwise... <laughs> we 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 can talk about the the basketball team um that's that's
0: why we brought you on uh yeah so for for anybody who doesn't get that reference uh i I was just in uh, Madagascar actually for the under eighteen african championships um obviously we've we've made a push the last few years and um trying to do a really nice job recruiting uh, African countries. And specifically, like French-speaking uh, Africa, um, so it's good to go down there and and see some players. Uh, but but also, I was able to get to a zoo, and I sent Craig and uh, and Jeff some uh, pictures of lemurs and these huge tortoises and <laughs> uh, all chameleons that are you know the size of my arm and all sorts of all sorts of wildlife.
1: <laughs> and they let you touch them all. That's the thing. Like it's like yeah, it's like it's, a petting uh, zoo, but yeah. with like. Crazy exotic it's, animals.
0: It's a thin line between zoo and just uh, being in the wild over there. <laughs> so you're, you know, the, the guide was just like, "Ah, eh, come in the exhibit with me." So it was it was unbelievable. It's something I'll never be a part of again.
1: It's safe. I promise. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Did not get it eaten by a crocodile this time. So good news. Yeah,
1: and uh, and part of that also, you were you were in Europe for the for the U eighteen euros, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we'll probably talk to it as we uh, talk about it as we get going. But I really think it's important if you're going to recruit international and it's going to be a big part of your recruiting philosophy. You've got to be present. you got to be over there and, and be seen by the teams and the kids and their parents and kind of wear the logo. And um, so you guys know, too, uh, there's we, we got some supporters in the crowd, too. Um, uh, I, I Nico- saw that. Yeah, Nikola Koprovica is an NBA scout for the Detroit oh, Pistons yeah. now. He covers uh, Europe uh, specifically, so I got to I got to see a lot of him uh, the last few weeks.
1: That's fantastic. We love we yeah. love yeah, we love Nick oh, man, That
0: guy was. You got to get him on the on the uh, pod here. Ooh. I mean, he's now he's a great guy, and nobody I love that nobody uh, ble- bleeds crimson more than him. I mean, he is yeah all in telling stories till two in the uh, 2 AM about how great (laughs) this place was and how they turned it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the best. He's really the best.
1: Yeah. And his story is incredible too, with, you know, the knee injury and, uh, kind of, you know, muddling along and then having this huge senior season. He was, yeah, he was a big part of that. He's awesome.
0: No doubt. No doubt.
2: Great. Yeah. You know, let's talking about it. Um, obviously uh, you look at the roster now and, and some of the recruits that are coming in this year, are a couple of guys from France, obviously you're talking about recruiting, um, you know, certain countries in Africa. Uh, so, you know, what, how, how have you guys been so successful recruiting internationally and, and, and wh- how, yeah, how are you able to do that? And, and why is it such a focus for you?
0: Yeah. Um, I You know, I think it's a focus because uh, at Washington state, you really have to keep uh, all your talent streams open. You know, um, you, you have to be open to recruiting good uh, regional players that you know well and believe in. Um, guys like CJ Ellaby, Jabe Mullins coming in. Um, but you got to be able to uh, take a transfer here and there. We took Mike Flowers. Uh, Justin Powell, obviously, is joining us this year. Jabe's a transfer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some of the best players that have. That played in this league especially um have been international guys you know so we've we've made it a priority as soon as we got the job that we're going to go to all these events and and be present and get to know uh all the decision makers that are um involved with these kids and um I think it's kind of a positive feedback loop and where if you do right by one guy he tells his friends and then you have another one, and then now you have two people that say it's a great place and uh and then it just kind of grows from there and, and that was certainly uh a big part of our most recent commit, uh Kimani, um, uh, because him and Mael started together on the under eighteen national team. Right. You know, they're friends. So when when Kimani's uh trying to decide if he wants to stay uh in Europe or if he wants to come to the States and then uh which college he wants to choose um having that pre-existing relationship with Myel was a was a big big factor for us
2: seems like that would really help them for the adjustment when they come over to you know we saw we saw on the women's team uh charlie's ledger walker comes over her her sister's already over here helps with the adjustment new country small town Pullman, everything so i bet that makes them feel a lot better
0: oh for sure for sure and we we now have a pretty uh, sizable uh french speaking <laughs> contingent on the team i mean our all of our all of our senegalese guys have at least some french if not fluency and then um, we're we're heading to come more uh, french guys so if if you're listening and uh you're an undergrad that would like to be a manager and a and a french translator <laughs> for us uh please email me <laughs> we could use you i right? uh, je yeah. parle un petit, petit peu français uh, but we need some more help. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know you're not kidding either. That's what's that's what's yeah, good yeah. about French.
2: French is yeah, a very French. difficult language to
1: learn too. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, yeah. That does that does kind of lead me to wondering though. So like, you know the the I don't know if I want to call it a saga, but you know with with Mohammed Gay and and his exploring, you know what he wanted to do uh, after the season, whether he was gonna you know, go pro or, or, or what his decision was going to be, you know, he ends up coming back. Um, and and you mentioned now you've got this, you know, sort of contingent of, you know, French speaking, uh, people. And it just, I don't know, like kind of watching, uh, after Muhammad decided to come back, it it really seemed like he was kind of a magnet for these guys. Um, Mm -hmm. and not just him, but, Um, you know, like the, you know, the, the other recruit, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'm sure you can, you can do it for me, but, um, it's just sort of like, he, he seems like this magnetic personality who draws people toward him and what kind of role did, you know, him coming back being that, you know, French speaking player from Africa, like what, what role did that play in, in sort of recruiting these other guys to the roster?
0: Yeah, a, a huge role. I mean, I, I think it's it's no understatement to say that maybe the best part of the offseason was um, getting yeah. Muhammad back. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the biggest reason is he's he is a great, great dude. Like, we love being mm-hmm. around him. His teammates love being around him. Um, he's just a genuine, loyal guy, you know. And, and the reality is um, he was telling us th- – throughout his time in the portal that he wanted to come back, you know, um, and he, it's, it sounds crazy. He was like helping us recruit AD while exploring right. his own options. So, yeah um, you know, so the, these things are, are complicated nowadays. And, and I think we were, uh, You know, obviously, a bunch of things happened at once with uh, the portal rules changing, uh, the NIL changing. Um, So it was a little bit of a perfect storm. But I I mean, it's it's awesome to have Muhammad back because he's a great ambassador for us um, and what we want our program to be about. Um, and then he's also a, a really good basketball player. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's no not forget not. that. Let's yeah, I mean, kind to of the bigger part, right? He's yeah, he's definitely he's capable of having a big year for us and um, being one of our leading scores and potentially being a captain and um, and shouldering a, a lot of the load.
2: Yeah, you know, and he really he really seemed to uh, get adjusted, take take some steps forward towards the end of the season, seem more comfortable in what he can do um and you could just see the potential there uh for just a guy that has so much you know he's so so fluid so athletic and and just you know get that you know he works on that that shot and he he started hitting some of those shots towards the end of the season and, and just you know he's already got just he's got moves he's got everything so again he was he's one of those guys at wsu we we don't, you know before before you guys came along and brought in FA and brought in brought in uh Deshaun and 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 Mo like we just didn't see big guys come in and, and contribute right away be starters right away um and so it was really cool to see what Mo could
0: do and really really happy he's coming back absolutely absolutely i mean his his best basketball is is still ahead of him you know and and he knows that i mean he's still as good of a player as he already is he, he his ceiling his potential is even higher you know and we we're, we're rooting for him man like we're we're hoping um let's let's get him to the NBA and have a big year cuz cuz he deserves it he works hard at his craft and he's developed his skill and he wants to become a really good shooter and uh, i think you guys have have noticed and talked about it before his mm-hmm. aggressiveness in games and trying to score got better and better as the year went on and um i think yeah, when a guy can watching take a guy basically ascending. one
2: one or two steps from so, 18 feet and dunk the basketball that's that's
0: always a nice it's always a nice feature to have yeah i yeah <laughs> I, I wish i had that in my game when i was playing that would have that been nice
1: yeah and i'm sure all your all your new guards are gonna love you know throwing him lobs too but what are some of the areas that we that we might look for that he's he's working to improve as more is going to be asked for from him this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely looking for him to take on a larger offensive role and and score more and and uh, adjust to the fact he's he's going to be a focal point mm-hmm. for for the other team's defense. You know, uh, he will probably see a variety of different coverages this year. I think they'll switch on him some. I think he'll definitely get doubled on some post-ups and drives and things, um, you know. So that's just going to be something he's got to he's got to evolve with and and work under. But uh, he he should not be going back to seven points a game. I mean, we we should be seeing a good good uh, bump up there into double digits and and putting good pressure on the other team.
2: Yeah, that's great. And oh, along with with Mo, you obviously have um, him taking a bigger role. You have other guys taking bigger roles. Um, and we'll get to the new guys in a bit, but you have other guys taking big roles. So, you know, some, some, someone that comes to mind for me is, is TJ Bamba, who again has, has a skill set that looks like a guy that can attack and score just has never had that usage, but it seems like he's going to have a bigger usage role this year. So how do you see him? Is, is he ready for that? Is he ready to step into that?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, again, like we're, what gives us a lot of confidence and optimism about this coming year is, is those two guys possess yeah. really good leadership qualities. You know, they're, they're about the right stuff. Uh, they care about their teammates. Um, and they want us, uh, to have a really good team, you know, not just, uh, be, be good individual players and score well, but, but for us to win games and, uh, make a run at this thing. So, uh, TJ for sure, I think will take a bump up in his role, both, in a leadership way, and also in in terms of uh, his offensive aggressiveness and uh, some of the stuff, he, he can really make some yeah. things happen out there. I mean, you guys you guys have seen it. He yeah. can pull out uh-huh. a uh, transition dunk out of nowhere, and he's got an ability to yeah. clamp a guy defensively, and and that uh, certainly will be something. We'll yeah, he let really showed his value offensively last
2: too. year, and it was crazy early in the season when he dunked, and then it was mentioned that was his first dunk you know, cause he's just a guy that very clearly
0: can fly yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets a lot of them in practice. So that, that was a bit of an anomaly. He had a great one in the garden him. though. So that's, I'm
2: sure he sure. I'm sure that's a great memory for him.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a guy who's that strong. that can get downhill is, is quite a weapon. Um, who are some of the other guys who are now going to be rotating into some of the newcomers who are going to be rotating into the backcourt, you know, obviously thinking about Powell, um, you know, thinking about Jave, as you, as you mentioned, um, and, and what are some of the things that they do well? I mean, it's obviously we're kind of familiar with what TJ does well, but you know, how do these guys, um, fit in with the puzzle that you guys are thinking about in your backcourt?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely going to be some opportunity for them to get in there. I mean, uh, we have some really good returners to start with. I mean, that's that's yep. obviously the yep. most important thing. I mean, I, I think TJ can slide there. Um, some he's a really good player. I think uh, uh, Miles Rice is a guy that you guys yes. haven't really seen yet, but yeah. that we're pretty high on, um, and just believe he's a guy that can put a lot of pressure on the rim and transition off a closeout, uses quickness, make some plays. Um, but then the additions are, are good. I mean, we're, we're excited about them. Obviously, uh, Powell's a guy who, who had a 10 game stretch with Auburn where he looked like one of the best guards yeah. in the country, you know, and it yep. was really piling up assists and throwing over the defense and knocking down threes. And he, uh, last year was playing a little more of a, a role player type role for, uh, for mm-hmm. Tennessee. Um, and, uh, and we're hoping that, you know, we can, we can get more of those assists out, you know, and get the ball zipping around and throw it over the defense and get us some good shots. Um, Jabe is similar. I mean, Jabe played at a really, really high level of a program that we obviously respect a ton in St. Mary's that does things the right way and um, plays hard as heck and is really hard to, to guard. Um, and he's another big guard that can see over the defense. He has a really good shooting stroke. Um, so he should be a good compliment there. Um, and then a couple of the, the true freshmen, I mean, uh, Dylan Darling's a local guy that, um, is good. I mean, he's, he's talented. He's put up, uh, gaudy numbers in, in his league and, um, he can really defend and, and, uh, uh, put pressure on the paint. He's got good vision, very unselfish passer. Um, but the best part of him is, uh, just his, his pedigree. The fact, uh, you know, his family comes from here. Obviously, his dad was right. awesome football player. Um, so so he bleeds this program and, like, really cares about it, wants it to be great, um, wants to get us back to the NCAA tournament, you know. Um, and then the, the latest one, Kamani, uh, is a little bit of a uh, uh, Swiss Army knife, jack-of-all-trades that can play a lot of different positions, um, but he can definitely play in the backcourt, too. I mean, he was second in FIBA under-18s uh, European Championships in assists, five-and-a-half assists a game. Um, he He's huge. He's six six, can throw back across his body, can find the roller. Um, if they put a smaller guy on him, he can body into him and has sort of the size that, that allows you to score at the rim or, or hurt a team on a switch. And, and you know, I, I think that's one really nice thing that we're going to have this year is uh, yeah. we're just going to have taller, yep. bigger guards than we had last year. You know? Um, I mean, those guys could really score and get off their shots quick. And um, you know, they're, they're really hard to defend. Um, but they, their, their size limited their ability to help us defensively right. and in rebounding. And I think we're, we just have much bigger guards that are going to be more comfortable fighting the fights and, um, getting on the glass and, uh, maybe switching or playing zone or whatever it may be. Some more, uh, they just give right. you more versatility defensively. And then they're, they're big and can, mm-hmm. and can see over the defense. And, um, I think, you know, a couple of coverages that we've maybe struggled with at times were, you know, drop where, where the other team just takes their big and kind of gives mm-hmm. ground in the pick and roll and, um, you know, they basically make the guard try to score over the big at the rim, and when you have really small guards, yeah. that's challenging. <laughs> but when you have big guards with a with if they got a downhill run of steam at the big, they got a chance of getting fouled or putting it in. You know, and and all those guys that I mentioned are um, at least average in size, if not really yeah, definitely they,
2: backcourt. You know, uh, you know six four six five six six uh guys coming in now big change and you know that's it there's you you mentioned the passing ability of a lot of these guys and ha- having a weapon like mo and and weapons like tj who can get to the rim and, and really finish uh it seems like ha- you know something that maybe was missing a bit last year was that final pass sometimes you know i, I think flowers got really good at the pick and roll by the end of the year but but you know, sometimes that, that's missing because really yeah. if, if it, you just gotta throw the ball near the rim and Mo can go get it. Like just it seems like you guys have really put an emphasis on passing and and uh I, I know our our resident uh young basketball analyst uh Bryce will very much appreciate that. He talks about passing constantly. Constantly. <laughs> that's how he assesses guys, like he always loves talking about their passing. So and and he has said like a lot of these guys he he's been impressed with their passing um so that that's really even even the the other you know the other french yeah, yeah. Frenchman he brought in uh, Mael he he seems he seems as a from a from you know from the 4 or 5 position seems to have the ability to pass really well as well
0: yeah yeah no we're we're excited about the the two front court guys we brought in too i mean you, you hit the nail on the head Mael is a skillful player i mean he's got a really quick yeah. Smooth uh, shooting stroke. I mean, the the French national team sets drifts for him, and you know, staggers and things. You know, stuff stuff you don't see very often for a six nine, six ten, two hundred and fifty pound guy. You know, coming off of a, a drift to shoot a three, um, and then he's got he's a good passer. I mean, you can throw it to him in the high post, and he can look off a defender and uh, drop it down no big, or throw it out for a three. Um so he'll he will definitely be one of the most skilled front court players that we've had. Um and it's all for him it's all kind of incumbent on how quickly he can adapt uh defensively and rebounding to the to the college game. But his his uh his skill's really good. And then um a you guys yeah. know uh really well. I mean, he's a great athlete, really quick and long. Um, he's a guy who can switch one through five. He can, he can cause terror in the pick and roll by blitzing and showing. Um, and then he's, he's a pretty good passer too. I mean, that's the thing people don't really, uh, necessarily know about him is you can throw it to him at the top of the key and, and you can set screens for each other and cut off of it and he can find those guys, you know, so that's, that's something to work we're excited about uh gives us a little more versatility offensively yeah than, i was gonna say I, maybe you know, we've had I, times. I,
2: I believe it was at dartmouth well, you were kind of the offensive coordinator so that how does that you know having guys that can pass at all positions how does that kind of open up your offense a bit
0: yeah no i mean i think you're to have a really good offense you definitely want to have as many guys as possible that can dribble pass and shoot you know because when you when you have those ingredients uh it puts a bind on the defense and they can't put two on the ball because you're going to be able to um zip it around and cut and and get each other open shots you know so um i think i think we got a chance to to get yeah. some pretty good looks at the basket this year that'll that'll obviously be be really important as uh you know uh it, it'll be hard to replace the offensive rebounding and shot blocking <laughs> of of a guy like fa um, you know, but, but these guys got tools, man. Like they're, they're, uh, they're chomping at the bit and want to get in there and, um, they all bring something pretty valuable to the table.
1: So talk about F a real quick, uh, obviously going off the G league ignite, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you would have loved to have had him back, but sending a guy after two years with you, especially, you know, with where he came from with the injuries, um, you know, the knee injury, uh, you know, coming over in two productive years and then and then off to a professional contract. I mean, that's that's a feather in your guys' cap, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I think it it ended pretty well. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it would have been awesome to get it back, and um, obviously it would have given us a chance to go really really far this year. Um, but we also knew we we would have been really really fortunate if we were able to keep all three of those pigs. You know, the the, the reality is they're all guys that. Um, can be good high major starters, you know? So if you, if you got three of them stacked up on each other um, there, there is some truth to that, that it, it can um, prevent them all from shining at the same time, you know? So, and then beyond that um, FAs get a chance to make really life changing money for his family. You know, I I think, I don't know the specifics on his contract, but I, I believe it's like $350,000. You know, so that's that's significant, you know, and it's yeah. it's real easy to say, you know, I would for sure come back and and all that stuff. But that's that's big money, <laughs> you know, yeah, especially so, especially for um, a
1: guy who's already had one sort of, you know, major, yeah. major injury that he that he had to come back from. You know, I think, I think there's something said for that. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, hey, three all three bigs. Uh, we haven't even talked about Deshaun yet, who um, is sort of like, you know, it seems to me anyway that, you know, he's just sort of like laying in the weeds over there, which is kind of odd to say for a guy who's, Definitely. you know, six foot ten and 250 pounds. But, um, you know, t- talk a little bit about his development. You know, he has just been, it seems like, you know, snake bitten by some really <laughs> ridiculously stupid injuries um, that yeah. were just... That are just yeah. like not like it's not a matter of being injury prone. It's just like really bad luck. Um, and so, what what how, how's he developing? How's he um, coming along? As again, as the guy who maybe is a little bit overlooked, but but probably should
2: not be.
0: No, no, he, he shouldn't be. I mean, I think he's um, poised to have a really nice year, and and he's worked really hard on expanding his game as far as. Um, His ability to drive to the basket Mm -hmm. from, you know, the elbow, different areas on the court. He's he's tried to um, add a three, which has been going really well lately. Um, Obviously, that'll need to sustain during the year and during practices. But so far, so good. You know, so he's he's really been trying to um, add to his bag, Mm -hmm. as the as the kids say, (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and to be honest, the biggest thing with Deshaun is just availability. I mean, when he's yep. when he's out there, when he's healthy, he's a really good basketball player. I mean, so um, that's the biggest thing for him is just can we get him to play in all the games? Because um, if he does that, it'll go well. You know, the, the minutes will be good, uh, his production will be good. He'll be really challenging for the other team to to deal with.
1: Yeah, he seems like a kind of a a term that Bryce uses a lot that I, that I like, and I'm sure you guys use too is the word gravity, He's kind of a high gravity player, right? Like when he's, when he's doing the things that he does, you know, he sort of changes the the geometry of the other team's defense and, um, you know, could perhaps open up a lot of things for you guys, especially with uh, the idea of, you know, you mentioned your, your guards being big enough to, you know, see over the defense. It seems like that was, um, you know, a real challenge last year and maybe something that could be, Could be, you know, heading in a positive direction this year with with maybe some bigger guards who can toss the ball down in there a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, he's, uh, it's a good thing when uh, opposing defenses have to adjust to you. And he's, he's one of the few guys that, you know, you get, you'll see some crazy things in any given game. You know, like you'll, you'll see a team that never, ever, ever doubles the post. And then all of a sudden, they're throwing two guys at Deshaun every time he touches it. You know, so he 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 puts some fear in the other team, and and he makes them make some hard decisions on: are they just going to try to play him one on one in the post and not give up any threes and cuts, or are they going to try to take him away and and see if he can beat him? Yeah, you, you ju- um, just ball, See, you know? so
2: that skill set that he has to be able to get position on the block and then catch it and then you know really drop step and score you don't see that that's like a kind of a vintage eighties nineties yep. type of big man at this point. And, and he's when he's, when he's getting the ball in good positions, he, he can be pretty automatic. And we saw his, his field goal percentage shot up last year. He was finishing so much better. And, and, you know, if he can add a, add, add out 15 to 22 feet, then that, that changes a lot for him too. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, it, you know, it, I, I guess, you know, at this point, uh you you guys kind of have this again, you, you because of your your recruiting so well, you're you're bringing in so much talent, uh you, you have talented young guys, you have talented guys staying. How do you how do you build a how do you build a rotation out of this? And like I like, and, and what what do you how do you motivate guys to want to you know is that is that motivating does that help them want to earn minutes knowing that you know there's only when you get to pack 12 play it's you know eight or nine guys that are going to be getting significant minutes so you know now that you you have so much talent on the rosters you had it last year too like how do you motivate those guys to want to earn those minutes
0: yeah i i mean it's certainly a challenge to to work through um having a lot of capable guys, a lot of guys that can go in games and make a positive impact, knock down a three, block a shot, grab a rebound, whatever it may be. Um, (laughs) I I don't envy coach Smith with that. (laughs) That's a, that's a challenging thing.
1: Glad you're not the one Um, making those decisions. (laughs)
0: No, no question. No (laughs) question. Um, But as far as motivating them, I mean, they're competitive kids. Like they care. I I think in general, kids in college basketball are really competitive and um, our guys are, are no exception. You know, they're, they're working on their craft hard and uh, trying to become as, as good of individual players as, as they can be. Um, But as we move further into the season, you know, once we hit uh, October, especially in November, um, the most important thing is the team, you know, and, and kind of molding it all together and, and defining our roles and everybody just doing the best thing they can to, to try to help the team, whether it's, exactly the role they wanted or a little more than the role they wanted or a little less, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a story. Every, uh, every place that we've coached, we hand the players, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, like cue cards, uh, you know, in the preseason before we start practicing and we ask them how many minutes do you expect to play per game and and how many points do you expect to score? And, uh, without fail, when you add up all those minutes and points, uh, it's a lot more than what what the team ends up averaging. You know, there's there's yeah, there's two yeah. two hundred minutes a game to divide up, and if you add up the whole team, you end up at you know usually a thousand minutes or eight hundred something minutes, <laughs> something like that. And and when you add up the points, you know the the good news is, guys, we're gonna score uh, two hundred fifteen <laughs> points a game, so we're we're <laughs> nice. in good shape. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm looking forward so, to that. 215 would be that'll great. Be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, because no, no we, have, we haven't even talked about guys like DJ no, 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 and Andre, who, who you know, they they're going to be, you know, they're fighting for minutes. They they're, you know, they they play the three four Andre maybe more versatile to the two one bit, but but it's it's it just seems like you know there's there's positions where you you have guys that you have depth and and it seems like a benefit to have those guys kind of motivated to because we'll see we'll see each of them we've seen guys like that throughout the year have big games and so it seems like it's it's a benefit because they're working no their doubt. butts off throughout the season try to try to earn minutes so when they get those minutes they can come in and they can excel yeah no
0: they're they're really good players and and they've been through the wars and helped us win games. Uh, I mean, both of them have had really big uh, conference games, you know, Uh, hitting a bunch of threes, grabbing rebounds, whatever it may be. Um, And and I I know the nature of these things. I mean, the the fun thing when you go on the podcast is to talk about all the new guys and, you know, how they're (laughs) the best new guys that have ever been. Um, But, (laughs) you know, but but the reality is college – college basketball is usually won by the returners there. Those games are won by the older guys, you know? So, um, we feel good about the returners that we have. We, we think they're not only talented, but they're really good people and, and really committed to the program and, and want to see Washington state breakthrough. Um, you know, so as fans, as you're, as you're listening to this, as you're assessing the team or thinking about the new year, I mean, Those are the first guys we got to be thinking about are are the guys that have already um, made really good contributions to our program.
1: I'm curious about Andre a little bit. You know, he came in with a lot of fanfare, really, you know, highly regarded recruit, you know, all all of those things. Um, Hasn't been the flashiest player, and yet when he's been healthy, which, you know, he's gotten dinged up at times, but when he's been healthy, um, you know, he's played heavy minutes for you guys he just strikes me as the kind of guy who does a lot of little things right for you. Um, maybe shed a little light on that for fans who maybe don't see the things that he does that make him a valuable player for you guys outside of just his ability to, to space the floor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that is still the first thing. I mean, he is one of our best three point shooters, you know, and, and that's, that's valuable, especially when he slides to the four and, being able to space mm. the floor. He, he also really works at it uh, rebounding, especially on the defensive glass. Mm-hmm. Um, he helps us there. All of our data says that when he's in the game, we, we defensive rebound it better, especially when he's at the three. Um, and then he's a unselfish player. I mean, he obviously he's, he's had some nine-assist games when he's been here, um, but even when he's not getting assists, the, the ball doesn't stick in his hands. It kind of pops out to the next guy pretty quickly and that, that helps an offense, you know? So, um, uh, the biggest thing with him is just let's put it all together. You know, I mean, he's last year, he made a, a shot, a good percentage from three. Um, he rebounded pretty well, uh, at times he got a bunch of assists, but in general, didn't have as many as, as I think he's capable of. Um, can we, can we put that into his game too? You know, can he be a, big driller guy that knocks down shots, but also one that, you know, can pump fake, drive a closeout, skip it across the floor and, and get, uh, get J a three, get Bomba three, get somebody else a shot.
1: And the twos, the twos tell me that's just like, he's just unlucky. (laughs) Like, like what is, what is the deal with, with the finishing? Cause I swear when I watch his, uh, you know, I watched his U eighteen stuff from you know when he was a recruit. I'm like, yeah, this guy gets into the paint and he finishes, and 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 it's just like, is it a mental thing? Like, is it just something where he's finally going to break through on that?
0: See, you you are so glass <laughs> half empty. I mean, here's the here's here's the, here's the positive way to look at this. He <laughs> went up ten percent from two last year.
1: That you is know, that is he, true. If he that goes up true.
0: another ten, then we're we're golden, you know. But. Yeah, no, it's. I, I mean, look, Andre would tell you it's it's a thing that he's worked on a lot, and um, you can tell just you know, watching
1: I, him. Like you can you can see it. Like he's as you know, yeah, like befuddled as anybody. Right?
0: No, I I think I think part of the problem is it has become a source <laughs> of stress in his life. You know, like he he wants it so bad, and and one thing about our program is is we're going to tell you where you stand. We're we're you're you're going to be abundantly. Uh, aware of the things you're really good at and the things that, um, you could, you should probably try to get a little better at, you know? So he's, he knows, uh, finishing is, is high on his, uh, areas for improvement. Um, and usually that's a good thing, you know, being, being aware of your, uh, of your weaknesses. Um, but sometimes it can make you grip a little too tight too, you know, and that's, and that's the thing we got to, we got to strike the balance of is is making sure he's able to and all of our guys are able to uh, play free and with confidence and um, not worry constantly about the corrections they need to make Um, while we balance that with yeah we want to be a team that improves over the course of the year and makes those corrections and and becomes harder and harder to scout Yeah, and we saw
2: your your offense took I think sometimes the average family doesn't realize it, but your offense took a massive leap forward last year, and 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 and, and, and if you look at any number, yeah. massive yeah. leap forward. And you know there may be some games pe- that stick in people's minds, but like we know that the offense is way better, and and a lot of it was your distribution of usage was so much better. You know you didn't have one or two guys that were dom- even 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 flowers yeah. wasn't dominating usage. Like, like you know, guys had in the past, and, and so being able to have have those guys for sure. So, how how do you motivate guys that go from like a, you know, like a fifteen percent usage to a twenty two to a twenty three, where if they're getting the ball, they should they should be looking to score rather than looking to pass? Because that's even something I see with Andre sometimes. It seems like he's not always ready to pull the trigger, but you know he has that skill set to do it. And so, how do you, how do you how do you move guys from being role players yeah. to wanting to to be in
0: scores? Yeah, I, I mean, some of it I think happens organically. I mean, you, you can get uh we can get our friend Ken Palm on here, and he can he can give you all the data. But usage goes up as you get older. You know, that's just a kind of a, a stone clad rule of, of college basketball. Um, but you also, I mean, you can make them aware of it and and encourage them. I mean, we I'll. Uh, <laughs> Mohamed Gay last year, when he first got out here, he he went his first, uh, I don't know, maybe three or four practices with (laughs) like one basket, you know, just just practices in the fall. And and he was still doing great on the hustle stats because he was such a monster defender and and rebounder. Um, But we literally told him for his weekly goals, like, Dude, you gotta try to score. Like we <laughs> mo next practice, we need you to make three baskets. Like that's just stuff like that, you know. And uh and and Andre probably could use some of that too. Just let it let it rip, man. You know, uh we'll tell you if you're starting to be a pig and and shooting terrible shots, you know. It's that's probably not something we're very worried about with Andre.
2: Awesome. So uh you've obviously had some some schedule announcements recently some some uh some real big games or you know bigger games than uh WCU has had in recent years on the schedule. Obviously you're going and playing at Baylor. Baylor's probably gonna be a top ten, top five team. And then and then you're also and then you're also going uh to play against UNLV in Las Vegas. So uh what's you know it, how exciting is that for you guys to, to be able to get those opportunities and how is important how important it is as a team, as a program that's trying to get back to the tournament, how important it is to have those games on the schedule?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's vital and and it's it's good on a lot of fronts. I mean, um, obviously the, the biggest thing that held us back from being a tournament team last year was our, right. our lack of quad one wins. Um so we we thought it was important to add at least one, if not more, uh one opportunities in the non-conference this year and uh baylor will certainly be that and and there's a chance UNLV could be that and there's a chance the you know a championship game of uh diamond head if we're, if we're fortunate enough to get there uh could be something like that too you know and and I think those games are fun for our players you know they they care about it and those are good uh signposts to to put uh during the season where you you get to really find out where you stand. You know, I mean we're when we come out of the Baylor game, we'll we'll have a good idea where we sit in the in yeah. the landscape, you know. Um so it's it's just a, a a maturation of the program. I think we're more ready for it now, certainly, yeah. than we were in year one. <laughs> this uh, the Baylor game probably would not have been well, a good uh, move our, our first ask year ask here. Dick
2: Bennett when he got um, his first big recruiting class, his second year. With Kyle Weaver, Derek Lowe, those guys. They went down and played <laughs> Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State and they and yeah. they didn't score a point for the uh, first ten Oklahoma minutes State. and lost eighty-one to twenty-nine. So maybe your I think your approach might be a little better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. you it, somehow that's become one of the the like legendary games in <laughs> Kook history that lives on the lore. I mean yeah. it's they all talk about it. I mean, Derek Lowe came back and talked to the team when we were down in LA and he brought it right up. So it's, it's amazing. Some of the, uh, some of the, the folklore around the gooks
1: Well, and what, you know, a lot of people forget is what happened after that, which is they had this season where they had all yeah. these, you know, close losses, close loss after close loss, after close loss. Yeah. And because of that one game against Oklahoma state, people kind of went, eh, you know, whatever. And then, you know, of course the next year was, was, uh, was the big, the big corner turn. Um, In terms of talking about scheduling, by the way, like that is, man, I don't know if fans know how how hard that is for you guys and how, what a delicate balance that is between trying to, um, you know, sort of ramp up for the Pac-12 season, but also give yourself some, you know, a couple opportunities for resume builders. And then, Oh, by the way, the other teams have to want to play you, right? Like, like when I think of this, uh, you know, this, for example, this Las Vegas, um you know situation like you're part of a doubleheader with Arizona and Indiana on the other half like i mean i i got to think that though that invite doesn't happen without the the success and the upward um trajectory of your program cuz you know i mean you know that makes you a, a desirable team team to play so i don't know i just think it's really really Definitely. cool I, I there's not really a question in there it's just kind of more more of an observation that um you know what you guys are building this this is sort of the the Baylor's willing to play you um, and that, you know, you get this, you know, you're, you're willing to, you strike up this thing with UNLV and Arizona and Indiana. Um, I I just think those are validations of your program. And and that's a really cool thing to to see.
0: Yeah, no, no, our our guys have earned it. I mean, that's the bottom line is uh, you, you have to get to a certain level to be invited to these type of games, you know, Um, and we're, we're not yet exactly where we want to be, but, we're making good progress and we've, we've garnered some respect in the national landscape, you know, and, um, at times it can be too much respect. I mean, it's a full disclosure to all the fans. that I, I know our schedule is not out yet and I am in large part to blame because <laughs> I'm our scheduling guy. Um, and, and scheduling has been really challenging this, this summer. Um, One, because of the the volatility in college basketball with NIL and Portal, just in general, teams are further behind on scheduling than they've been in the past. Um, But two, uh, a lot of teams don't want to play us anymore. You know, uh, some games that would have been really easy to contract in the past, uh, teams are steering clear on, you know. So it's, we've had to really comb the country and, I've sent out hundreds and hundreds of emails and texts and cold calls and, um, you know, just, just trying to get teams that will, uh, come out here, especially, you know, teams, teams don't want to come up here and, and, uh, play a team that they think is really good, you know? So it's a, it's a good sign for us, but, uh, it also, um, you know, keeps me up at night trying to finish the schedule.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, it 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 has been delayed. Now we know we know who to blame. That's nice. We appreciate you uh giving everyone someone yeah. to blame.
0: Yeah. Well that that was my that was my goal of coming on the podcast to just just make sure everybody knew who to throw the tomatoes at. Yeah. So we'll, you know, so we'll give you credit been... for the
2: uh uh the the recent recruits, but <laughs> we'll also we we don't know who we're playing in, in November, December, and that, and that's your fault too. Um. So that's. That's funny.
0: Yeah, so we're one one game away. So full disclosure, I think I think the schedule will be out in the next seven to ten days. Hopefully sooner. But uh we're we're really close. Awesome.
2: Well, John, it's been yeah. uh awesome having you on. Um again, you know, I I don't know, third or fourth time. I maybe it's been three times without Ken Palm and then the one time with Ken Palm. which we gotta do that again for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, sharing your insight as an assistant basketball coach and, and, and thank you for the, uh, the pictures of lemurs and various other animals. Uh, um, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you, maybe if you'll allow us, we could post one on Twitter and, and to, to give some of our, our, Absolutely. our listeners, Absolutely. Some of, you know, insight into what we were actually talking about, but yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um you know uh, you know if you would if you would like to if you want to uh, get those guys to get WC back to the tournament this year we we would appreciate that but you know no pressure it's fine um, it, it, you know whatever <laughs> whatever you guys need to do but we would love to see we en- really enjoyed last year another step forward would be awesome and, and yeah thank you for coming on again
0: no th- thank you guys for having me and, and thank you for, for doing this you know you're Engagement on social media, the podcasts, the tweets—it's good. Any any good program, especially at this level of college basketball, uh, is good at generating um, just uh, commentary, uh, interactions, just just being present. You know, being in people's minds, and uh, and we need that. You know, our our, our fans—it's um, great when they're engaged, when they're uh, obviously supporting us. But even when they're, you know, talking some shit at times, like it's, it's, uh, it's par for the course. It's, it's what you need to be really good at this level is, is you need your fans really engaged.
1: That's really nice. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So thank you guys.
2: (laughs) All right. So thanks, John. And, uh, we'll let John go and then we'll come back and we'll talk about soccer and, and beer. But thank you, John,
0: again. Hey, oh the good stuff. I miss all the beer, good stuff. Can. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Sounds Thanks. good, guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
2: We're back. Well, that was fun. We're back. That was super fun. I always love having it's like my a job
1: favorite thing. Yeah,
0: I know.
2: yeah. Like I, I definitely have the podcast like on my portfolio. Um, I'm at you know if you're in, in media. You gotta have a portfolio website, whatever. You apply the job, right. you always want it, whatever. And so on my portfolio, I have you know one of our episodes linked, and I have him in and Kempom is like the one I have linked, but. Any any episode with John's on, I just I love because he just you know he he's he he gives such great insight. We know the limitations that a basketball coach, you know, some of the representative of the university has when coming in. Those we're not you know we're not stupid. You know, he can't say everything, but still, there's just so much insight into the players on the team, the process that this the the, the program has, and, and it's just cool. It's fun. So we always appreciate that from John. Um, you know, so it, it, as it's always one of our favorite times having John on, let's cheers to that with our beers. Yeah. And so what are you drinking, Jeff?
1: Yeah. Well, and since we always end up talking with John a whole bunch, uh, after, (laughs) after we stop recording, uh, (laughs) I, which, which beer would you like to talk about? And and this time
2: before, (laughs) I don't know. This time it was before too. Um, Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, it, the only thing that saved it is that my my circuit breaker tripped and 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 your mic crapped out and so my otherwise, mic crapped out. Yeah, otherwise, uh, who knows how late we would have been up tonight? But uh, we
1: might still be talking to John right now instead of yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> recording the second half. Uh, all right, so my fir- my first beer. I'll, I'll talk about my first beer. My first beer uh, because. You and I were in Yakima together last weekend uh floating yeah. down the Yakima River and uh nearly dying trying to get out of the river. At least that's that's the story I'm going to tell people is that we we nearly perished uh trying to get out of the river.
2: Because we um, tried to get out at the wrong fucking spot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I t- and I tried to say I've tried to tell but you know I mean uh you know Chris is very confident, you know, so I I was I was like okay all right, I, I I don't think this is it, but you know I'm gonna
2: like that gonna, looks pretty difficult.
1: Oh, it yeah, was. I'm like this is moving pretty fast, and we're you know we're 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 not gonna get there, I don't think. Well, the and the funniest part was, I okay, guess so we have this like you know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but you know to catch our our listeners up, uh, so we had a a flotilla or a flotilla as as we talked as we flotilla
2: flo-chella. Yeah,
1: flotilla that's right, uh of of like eleven people. Roped together, and plus the raft and, and, in
2: the middle with the with the cooler, plus the raft in the middle with, with the cooler in. and the yeah. snacks
1: and the beer and the empties, and uh, so and 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 if we're just being honest and and transparent, the the rope job was not particularly well thought through uh, how we how we tied ourselves together, and we so um, yeah, we just kind of did it, and and we're great for like ninety eight percent of the of the ride down the river. And uh, you know, after a while, we were kind of wondering if we're getting close to uh, close to where it's 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 time to get out. And uh, and then you know, we we came up upon a a, a, a park or, or shoreline, and we were thought you know somebody thought that you know perhaps this was it. And and I was pretty sure it wasn't because I kind of I had looked down at the shore where we had parked our car before, and I'm like ah, a bunch of people had pop up tents, and and this just seems like not the right one. But you know, then we were well maybe this is it and and so then we tried to get over there but the, but the funniest part was of these 11 people um about 3 people were paddling to trying to get us over where we were supposed to go and everybody else was like okay this is great good job keep paddling and i'm like buddy we got to we got to get over there so uh, and then as we got over there, then we've got, you know, all these, all these, uh, these inner tubes and the, the current was quite strong and we've got, I'm like holding on for dear life to a tree, right? Trying to yeah. keep us all from floating down the river. And then Colin is like, uh, Rochelle's husband is like standing, you know, up the river yelling at the people. Hey, is this, is this Rosa? This- <laughs>
2: And they're like, I was I was was, is
1: this Rosa? And they're like, no, one more.
2: (laughs) And we did not want to believe them.
1: No. And I'm like, I was was holding on.
2: I was holding on to the back behind like you and Sarah, just like trying to hold on. And it was so hard. And so finally I had to let go. It was really rushing, yeah. I got like swept under some tubes and then popped out the other side. And there was a moment that I thought like, well, I think I'm just going to have to swim to the next uh, stop because <laughs> the river is taking me away. And luckily, I barely paddled myself over to like some yeah. shallower water and, and stopped. Yeah. And then people are screaming at us, this is the wrong one. And I'm like, we're, it was like Chris, go actually check because I, I don't want to have to do all that. And then it's the wrong one. But then we had yeah. we had another like we had another like fifteen twenty minutes on the river after that. Yeah, was pretty nice, you know. And then we, then we got down out. there,
1: and when it was when it was time to get out down there, incredibly that was, easy. You know, incredibly easy. <laughs> yeah, like as it's you would like imagine. That's for the
2: that's where you were supposed to get
1: out. I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> it's it's almost like that was the uh, that was that was the location all along. The, the um, other one
2: was definitely meant for motorboats and not yes, like uh, and nope. not. People floating in a in in a, in a flotilla of inner tubes, and also yes. when we got to when we got to the actual uh, place to get out, everyone was paddling. Everyone was paddling oh, at yeah.
1: that point. Yeah, we were all like,
2: <laughs> "Okay, this really is the one." Well, because there's actually
1: signs that are like, "This is the last place to get out," and it's like, "Okay," so everybody's like, "No, for real, we got to get out this time." Well, but then it, as it turned Paris, out like we a, didn't lot, really a lot a really lot of it. like
2: so like the people that had done this before had not really done it much since high school. And so, yes, they, they were trying to to go by 10, 15 years ago, trying to figure out, uh, you know, that's, it's longer for me, but I didn't ever, never did it in high school. Amanda did it like high school, maybe a little bit, but, uh, you know, like Amanda's brother, some, he really, he's wanting to do every summer, finally put together. It was kind of funny. It started out, just a cut like the week prior it was just going to be us you know me amanda's brother and his fiance or fiance wife and my wife amanda um so we were we were gonna it was just a four and then i got rochelle to come and and then chris and i have uh amanda's brother and i like we have we'll talk about beer in a sec don't worry about it guys um all the Yakima <laughs> people are like hell yeah um Hell yeah! So, so Chris and I have like what I like to call uh, the extended universe of Chris and uh, Craig's friends. Um, so, w- kind of the crux of that is Rochelle, who is is friends with who Chris had hung out with before, who is friends with one of Chris's best, like some of Chris's best friends, and and so uh, like so we got caught. So we were at. Uh, chris's wife's uh um uh birthday and we, uh, chris brought up hey rochelle is going and so two of them immediately like yeah if you move it to sunday we'll go and so okay we'll move it to sunday and then jeff and sarah are hanging out with you know celebrating my mo- new job and all that eating yep. delicious steaks drinking. Yep tiki that's a whole nother story (laughs) tiki drinks and then beer and then and then on my back porch more beer not jeff but me and amanda lots of beer um well insults her. uh but uh but but then boom you guys are on board well at least talking about it and then saturday you're like yeah we're coming over so and then rochelle brings her husband her husband's friend coworker. suddenly we go from four to 11 within like days and, and i saw the stress on chris's face when we, we were like we got 11 now <laughs> like like and you and are head. the guide <laughs> yeah you're the guide you are responsible for keeping us all safe but yeah it was uh it was super fun though like even like oh, it was so much fun Insanely like fun. Uh, I'm really I'm really glad we brought the music the music you know I I'm always very proud of my playlists and and every, people yep. seem especially especially our our, our friend uh, Dalton our, our new friend uh, he seemed to really like my playlist so I was happy with that maybe not up your alley Jeff but oh you know, it was uh, great yeah it was all
1: you. dude it was all wonderful I had, I had I, I had an tossing,
2: amount of fun oh we you know we you, I loved your cooler but I think it, it's better for a pool and not a river. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. We but so was... I bought a I, for the, for the listeners. I bought a floating cooler, um, which was which was okay. Like the floating cooler got along just fine until like we had like our freakouts. Like. <laughs> We were like worried. Oh my god, we're getting too close to the shoreline, and then we're we, everybody starts freaking out, and then yeah, it's it wasn't the legit, most stable thing at that. Legit, point.
2: sometimes we did get too close to the shoreline. It required we absolutely like, did last second push offs of rocks so that we didn't like pop all of our inner tubes and be like stranded. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So dumped over, but as we said, the river provides brought some of the the alcohol. Some of the water, but mostly the alcohol yeah. back to us. Um, <laughs> you know, because the, the, it's all going the same way that we are. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, in river. case
1: you didn't catch this, like the cooler actually like flipped over <laughs> and like everything spilled out. And uh, most of the, most of the seltzers and the waters made their way back. Um, there was one water that was hilarious. Like I turned around and I could see, you know, the, the, the water bottle kind of bobbing up and down. And it was probably, I don't know, at least 50 yards behind us. Like it was a ways back there. And then it just sort of like kept bobbing on down, getting closer and getting closer, getting closer. And eventually it, it, it made its way back home. So yeah, poor, poor little, poor little water bottle made its way back home and everybody was happy. And so, yeah, but it's, it's good cause I packed more seltzers than what I could drink. Um, knowing that, uh, You know, yeah. Perhaps somebody would else would want one or whatever, and it it ended up working out just fine.
2: Yeah, and you know, I always bring way more than I'm actually going to drink, and you know, it's. I think a lot of you know, you always got to have that strategy when you're in a group of people. I do that with my tailgating strategy. Did
1: did not realize it was because my cooler was going to get flipped over, but you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, it was pretty funny when uh, you know before you guys came over your wife sarah like asks us like do we need life jackets blah, blah, blah. well i'm like no it's like it's pretty calm river it's very shallow like you don't need a, you know you don't need a life jacket there was definitely a moment when i was getting pulled under the uh the uh the, i know a life jacket would not have helped in that situation at all but i also was <laughs> like there was also what so so i, I think like call and rochelle brought life jackets yes they did Yep, and it was funny. There was at one point the life jacket fell off the flotilla, and and Uh Colin had to go swim out (laughs) into the river to get (laughs) the life life jacket jacket. to to save a life. He was like, "Wait,
1: we just bought that life jacket!" (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Downstream to go get it.
2: (laughs) I think I think I think Rochelle (laughs) swam out to save one of your seltzers at one point. She did. She did. Rochelle's a hero. We all know this. So well, she was. That's what
1: I mean. Colin is, you know, a hero for getting the life jacket or whatever, but Rochelle's a real hero for getting the
2: alcohol. So yes, yes, and she was, and Rochelle wasn't connected to the flotilla. because no, was, that's what was funny. She was, she was an inner tube. It was, it was like a an extra inner tube that we had brought. Her, her, her uh, stand up pedal board didn't work out. We didn't have the right thing to pump that up, so she had an inner tube that we could not. It didn't have like. It, it's 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 like uh, it didn't have a big enough like holes to put the rope through. And so she was just kind of in it. And so she was kind of like a wild card the whole time. But, you know, she stayed. Yeah, I think she just, just kind of held
1: on to the rope, right? <laughs> like,
2: yeah, yeah. She was just kind of like kinda had, had to have right. one hand on the rope. Um, Sipping Saisons. Very good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think it's like she was talking about WSU football. And then and then uh sipping a saison and like chris goes chris said to me after he's like yeah i could see why you guys are friends <laughs> <laughs> yep because well, you're speak- both awesome that's speaking why. of beer i thought we never even got to it you you said yeah y- I- you started talking about yakima we talked so that was the whole and, point of the though, way, the Jeff, whole point. So, Jeff, I went... you you win that over bet. That's definitely happening, by the way. See. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh
1: so yeah, so the whole point of that was that I went to I went to Single Hill and picked up some beer and the one that I had tonight was the Adams Pilsner Crispy Mountain Beer. Uh, yes. uh, which is absolutely fantastic and now I'm sort of pissed that I didn't pick up an entire four pack of just this. Uh, cause it is, it is superior. It is a superior Pilsner. So yes, very, very pleased that I got it. Um, crispy mountain beer is, is a really good descriptor. Um, it says naturally brewed from the finest Northwest malts and Yakima Valley hops for the ultimate in refreshment. The bubbly of gold ribbon feast beers does not oversell it. Superior beer.
2: It's also tremendous branding. They're very clearly kind of, uh, uh making fun of absolutely. or play playing off of both Pabst, Blue Ribbon, and Rainier at the same time. Yeah. So I, I love that. Yep.
1: Yep. It's fantastic. Yeah. So even a little hams and, but, you could say. Yeah. But it totally lives up to
2: it. Like absolutely um oh, yeah. great, great beer. Tremendous beer. I definitely uh, had one of those while I was watching the Sounders at Single Hill on the Friday last weekend. Um, that was that was super fun. Um so yeah, if you're if you're a Sounders fan and you live in Yakima, the place to watch is is Single Hill. Uh love that brewery. Obviously one of their founders I've um you know, I've known since high school, uh great guy and and he you know, he was on the podcast a couple years yep. ago when we when we uh That was a while ago. Yeah, in the that before was times. In the before times. Um but yeah, so Adam's Pilsner. I definitely picked up one of those tonight. And Jeff, I'm so happy that you picked a Pilsner because you know this weekend is Pilsner Fest. Woo. It's Pilsner Fest time, baby. Uh, so this weekend, not not Labor Day this year. It's this weekend, Pilsner Fest. Uh, so I also drink it a Pilsner. I did pick up an Adam's today as well. I've, I'm starting to build my... My roster of pilsners for the weekend. Um, hopefully, I'm feeling better. Uh, but I figured, hey, I have to drink tonight anyway. I think I'm killing some of the the whatever the bugs that that's, are how, it me sick. that's um, how it works. That's definitely works. So I uh, I have another one of these to drink on the weekend as well, and I'm glad I did because it's very good. But uh, 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 it's from a brewery called Zoegel House Brewing Company um, out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, they brew mostly. Uh, German style like I, I think like almost exclusively German styles um, and so this is in collaboration with a brewery called Ponderosa in New Mexico and the description they have is mm. our friend Antonio is the head brewer at Ponderosa Brewing in Albuquerque, New Mexico we all hooted and hollered when he went uh, GABF that's the Great American Beer Festival gold for his Italian Pilsner last year and then gold this year at the World Beer Cup part of San, part of antonio's inspiration for his pilsner came from another gabf gold medal winner our very own zeigel pils we figured we would do our friends in the northwest a solid and share this delicious brew with them so they brewed his uh, they brewed uh ponderosa's uh recipe Um, you know, and and you could brew the same recipe at different breweries, the water, the yeasts, things like that will be, will make things different every time. But, so they brewed, um, his, uh, Italian, uh, Pilsner recipe. It's very good. Uh, very tasty. Um, it was definitely my second beer I drank. I had, you know, it's, it's pretty hot in my office. Um, you know, I was trying to avoid tripping the breaker by not turning in my AC, uh, breaker tripped anyway. So whatever. Um. But I had it, you know, covered in koozies. It was still a little warm when I started, so I'm excited to have it, like, cold, as Pilsner's are meant to be drank. But it was very tasty, very, you know, hoppy, like Italian Pilsner's are meant to be, good good aromatics, um, very good stuff. Um, I am looking forward to drinking more from the circle House Brewing Company. Uh, man, you know, Portland uh, does well with these kind of, these breweries, lager focused breweries i I, you know obviously i love wayfinder and and uh yeah portland does really well with like breweries that are very nichely focused on specific things and do them very well uh upright is is another one in the kind of the saison realm and stuff that i would say is very good um but uh just uh zoogle i'm impressed with this beer looking forward to drinking more and then it is pilsner fest this weekend so stock up on your pilsners um Mm. And, and 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 you know, it's 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 gonna be hot. Get something crispy, nothing more crispier than a than a Pilsner. Um, and and just uh just enjoy that crispy life this weekend, folks. Like it, it is it is it is Pilsner Fest. You know, I always like to say it's always Pilsner Fest, but this is really the Pilsner Fest. So, you know, starting Thursday, Friday, I think my my entire beer roster will be nothing but Pilsners. I've already started building that. I'm gonna take a trip to Beer Star, Peaks and pines. Make sure I can fill that out. Make sure I have plenty to drink over the weekend. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Pilsner Fest, baby. Uh, if you followed me on uh, any of my social media last year on Labor Day weekend, you'll know I take Pilsner Fest very seriously. Um, this is something that's run by, I honestly don't know exactly who. Um, uh, it's someone in Seattle uh beer Bottleworks is always involved they actually brewed which i'm hoping to pick up um i think lucky envelope brewed it but you know a lot of other breweries were involved so there's actually an official pilsner fest beer this year which um as you would expect is a pilsner um so I, i'm really excited for pilsner fest um get hyped with me drink them pilsners also fun fact miller light is technically a pilsner so um yes go it for is it, folks. that might yes.
1: that might have been one of the beers that i had tonight
2: very good pilsner fest Woo. all right i'm trying to clear out so I, the other beers i have had are a couple of ipas so i'm just trying to clear those out of my fridge before pilsner fest starts but yeah um so yep you we're we're over jeff congrats buddy you win <laughs> um
1: I'll there there a was a zero percent chance that this segment was gonna be less than twenty
2: minutes, so I know. Oh, I didn't that, that was just, I didn't expect us to talk about floating the river for fifteen minutes, but uh well um that's where I swear we guess, ended uh, up. The, the other thing we wanted to talk about was soccer kicked off their season woo. playing in playing in Ann Arbor, which I mean it's kind of a woo, I guess. Yeah, I mean you know it's it's a very soccer thing. You know, Um, you can have a game, especially early in the season. You just feel great about your team. They look great, but they also did not win. Right. And that is what happened at Michigan. You know, sometimes even though you maybe dominate a game, it doesn't go your way because putting the ball in the net is very difficult.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I. I would love to offer a whole lot of insight based off of watching the game, uh, but I was not willing to pay uh, Big Ten Network plus uh, the extortion fees that they were charging in order to watch the game. So I did not watch it. Uh, I did see the highlights. Lots and lots and lots and lots of legitimate uh, goal-scoring chances. Uh, I think they outshot Michigan.
2: Was it, 17 13 to 17 13 Thir-
1: I'm talking second half. Like it was 13 oh, or 14 to nothing in the second half. 17 to five overall, but um, second half was like one way traffic <laughs> toward Michigan's goal. Uh, Margie D'Atrezzo scored a tremendous uh, individual effort type goal. Uh, there was a, another golden opportunity for the equalizer that D'Atrezzo had. She hit it right at the keeper. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but basically, it was it wasn't a wide open net, but it was. Um, there were lots of places she could have gone with the ball and she happened to hit it, you know, right at the keeper. So um, and then other chances as well. So, you know, it's, it's one of those games where, like you said, it's a very soccer thing uh, where you kind of go, you know, missed opportunity. Yes. Uh, sucks to lose. But also, you know, if if uh, if they did XG in college, right, XG is expected goals right when they look at, you know, yeah. how where you're shooting your shots from and um, things like that. Uh, and they say, okay, this is how many goals you would be expected to score uh, doing all that. If they had had XG for this game, um, you know, the Cougs definitely would have been ahead in XG. And um, it's, it's just one of those things where you go, okay, you know, it's it's first game of the season. Would you like to have that win against a team that you know was uh, I don't know? I think they were Elite Eight last year. they They're yeah. ranked. Yeah, they're ranked 17 or nine, depending on which yeah. of the two polls. You look at um, whatever it is, you know, would have been a really, really quality win. So that's a bummer. But at the same time you go, well, they went on the road and and more or less sort of dominated, um, except for a couple of counterattacks, which, I mean, those count, you know, so, you know, they they count. But um, at the same time, you know, when you're when you're trying to kind of think about how things project over a season, um, you're really thinking about you're really thinking about like goals, goal creation and defense and. Um, you know they they create a lot of dangerous opportunities, and and that's the sort of thing that that bodes well. I I do think they need to come back. You know, people will probably be listening to this on Thursday. I hope. Uh, so Thursday we're recording Wednesday night. Thursday night uh, they got the home opener against Portland. Uh, Portland's no slouch. Uh, in fact, I was I was stunned to find out when I did was doing some research tonight that we have never beaten Portland in like uh, fifteen tries. Por- Portland is
2: a gr- <laughs> I mean that's that's Megan Rapino. Lots of, you know, that's, yep. that's just a great, uh, uh, like soccer program, uh, Portland yep. soccer. Yeah.
1: Yep. And my, my vivid memory of them is losing to them in PKs in the tournament, like three years ago yep. or whatever it yep. was. So, yep. so yeah, you know, need to win that one. Like that's, that's kind of a, you know, if you're going to, yeah, you lost to Michigan and, you know, played well and probably should have won. And I mean all those things, but you know, you got it's some, you know, you got to back it up with, okay, you know, now you got Portland at home. That's a game you should win. Uh, if you're as good as everybody thinks. And so, see what happens there. So, but I'm, I'm incredibly excited. I think this is still uh, a really, 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 really good team. And and they had a top 10, you know, we talk about basketball, they had a top 10 recruiting class. Uh, and most of those kids, mo- kids most of those young people I don't know how to describe them uh are not being expected to make major contributions this year um, that's how deep and experienced they are so yeah big expectations still
2: yep it's program um you know what you you could you gotta hope you know it's just one one match and we know that like in soccer just match to match there's more volatility than a lot of other sports you know maybe Yep. Maybe not as much as like baseball because the starting pitcher has such a an impact. But, uh, you know, the volatility match to match just because, you know, you could have a, a keeper has an amazing day or just shots are one or two inches off and, and all that. You know, we, we saw, you know, we we, we saw our, our Sounders lose in the playoffs last year um, where uh, where, you know, the the other the other uh, RSL didn't even take a shot and and they and
1: <laughs> literally not was it. not trying to score.
2: Yeah. Like and you know and we saw the sounders win an MLS Cup where they did not take a shot on goal, you know, they didn't make a shot on goal. And so so it's like you know it's it, it soccer's fucking weird. And so uh so you you hope the hope is that this is some indicator that they're going to have trouble they don't, they don't have the finishing talent. Now I think they do have it. Um, But, you know, you've lost Elise Bennett, you know, so you kind of, you kind of hope that, you know, even last year, sometimes they had that we saw matches like this, where they had trouble, they, they were great at creating, not great at finishing. So hopefully, that's not, you know, that's not something that carries over. Hopefully, they, you know, the, you know the 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 more experienced players have gotten better are able to step into the shoes and 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 the other talent they've they've lost in the last couple of years but again this this deep team great team just hopefully not you know not ruined by inability to finish uh but you know if a team could create chances especially at a you know like in college you know you there's a good. A lot of the teams are not, not going to have like elite keepers and things like that. If you create chances, you're, you're going to have a good. You're, you're, that's that's kind of the, that's the most important thing. So that's what you, when yeah, you talk I about. I mean XG, it's XG. That's the yeah, most predicted. I mean, you can thing. talk
1: about exactly. You can talk about not being clinical or whatever, but you know all you can do is create chances. Um, and and look, Margie DeTrezio was an absolute monster in that game. Uh, seven shots on goal or seven shots, five shots on goal, one goal. Uh, she was a handful. She was an absolute load. Uh, for Michigan, which you know bodes really, really well. She she played well last year in her run of starts while Lee Bennett was hurt. Um, now Lee Bennett is is off to the NWSL playing for Kansas City, right? Um, yeah. So playing for Kansas City, you know, just D'Atrezzo looks like she is ready to absolutely step into that that line of of strikers, uh, you know, Morgan Weaver, uh, Trinity Rodman obviously never played for us, but you know, I mean she's really good. Uh and then Elise Bennett, you know, Detrizio looks like she's ready to absolutely step into that spot. Um is that that lead striker. Um she was physical. Um she was clinical on the goal that she scored. Uh so yeah, real, real exciting there. And uh and and yeah, they've got lots and lots of other attacking options and, and all you can really do is create chances. If you can create lots of chances, then you're going to score some goals. So, um, you know, you give me a team that, you know, lost their first game, but created a, a boatload of chances uh, versus a team that, you know, maybe squeezes out a win. Like Like if I'm Michigan or I'm Washington state right now, like if I, as a Washington state fan, I feel better than I would feel if I was a Michigan fan, if that makes sense. Like Michigan yeah. sort of held on for dear life, and if I'm thinking about the rest of my season, I'm like and they were at home. And we went on the road and should have won that game. And you know, yeah, Michigan got the win, and I'm sure they feel good about that. But yeah, it's I I feel I feel better I think than than a Michigan fan ought to feel.
2: Yeah, it, you know, it's it, it's it's a uh, exactly, and 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 the great thing is you weren't playing this game, and you know the round of 32 or the, the round of 16 yep like it was the first game of the season uh they're 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 good enough they're gonna get enough wins you know they, they're plenty of opportunities to you know have a have plenty of wins get in the tournament like and they definitely have a squad to do that and you know now maybe maybe it's a it's a it's a motivator and and we know they have the skill so that's great Jeff, I have to mention. Hold on, you have to talk for a second because I have to cough.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, what, 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 what should I talk about? I, I, I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, volleyball on Friday, uh, season I think Friday season opens, so that's good.
2: All right, cool.
1: I'm excited about that.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay, good. The other, the other program at WSU. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, they got uh, Duke on Friday in Provo. So Duke, Ryder, and then they're playing number 10 at BYU on Saturday. So they have two matches, 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Friday. And then on Saturday, 6 p.m., the, the headliner, I would think, but top two teams in this little tournament thing um, would be BY, the Coug- Battle for the Go Cougs again. Um so that that that's a that's a tough opening trip uh, the b y u invitational it's called so that'll be you know they always they always take- they always have one of these to start the season last year if i remember i didn't go that well but they they really rebounded really well off of it and had a really great season but um yeah and then they then they have the cougar challenge after that and then another invitational <laughs> like that's like that's just how they do non conference in in volleyball is invitationals and yeah and there's that. like
1: 3 of those there's like yeah. like their first i don't know 9 games are three different invitationals uh, no no in it's it's, and it's so
2: invit BY invitational that's 3 Cougar Challenge that's 3 Fairfield invitational that's 3 and then the University of Minnesota Diet Coke Classic that's 2 so their entire oh, yeah, that's right their entire non-conference schedule is like events so all 11 matches yep. like they're, so they're not, they don't the So the only true road matches they have are at Minnesota at fairly Dickinson and at BYU. So that's, yep. and then the only, the only home matches they have in the non-conference are at the Cougar challenge. So there'll be only three out of 11 matches will actually be played in Pullman. So it that's, the Friday, um, so they play CSU Bakersfield and Belmont on the Friday uh, before the Cougar football opener. So for those of you that are traveling over for that, you could catch some volleyball. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, so I, I do have to say, you know, we had our, our troubles um, with our little flotilla. Uh, one of the uh, the trending topics I see – on the right hand of my Twitter screen, there's a 129 foot super yacht sinks off the Italian coast. So hey, <laughs> we're doing better than them. We're doing better than them. All nine people survived. I'm not. I wouldn't mm. joke about it if they if anyone died. Okay. Like the coast there were Guard, Only nine people aboard that thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of fuck off there too. But 129 foot yacht. Like what the fuck. Like so yeah. I mean. I mean, I watch uh, Below Deck. If it's nine people, I'm guessing like most of those were just crew. Maybe it was only crew. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, Below Deck, they got that many at least on crew. You know, Uh, yeah. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. uh... Okay, so there was um, four passengers and. The rest were crew members. So interesting. Um, uh, Everyone should know that uh, John won his FIFA match. I hope everyone (laughs) needs to know that, that he played after he got off of live updates right here at the desk. We're getting, yep, getting word. John Andersek won his FIFA match tonight. Um, He will uh, go to sleep happy. Good good times. Um, But yeah, so... Uh, now that we've talked about uh, Italian super yachts and John's FIFA success, I think that's time to wrap it up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers. You can follow Jeff at pod versus everyone. You can follow me on Insta and on TikTok at Craig W Powers. Um, and uh, you can uh, email us. Still haven't gotten an email since March. Come on now. You can email us at um, everyone at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Um, almost certainly we'll get read because I have not received an email since March. So you, I promise you we'll get read and replied to. And I do. I'm pretty good about it. It's funny. I'm better about checking it now and we never get an email back when we were getting emails i was never checking it but you know what, what are you gonna do a watch a watched email account never gets an email um i think that's the old the old uh the old adage um so yeah jeff uh with all of that um all we gotta say is go coops
1: go coops craig black lives matter black lives matter and you should still get vaccinated